Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, you're very welcome along to this emergency edition of the group chat. We thought we were gone for the summer, but events have once again overtaken us. And it is the story, the saga of the summer. It is the Ryan Tuberty RTE scandal. Both the company and Ryan Tuberty have said that it isn't really their scandal, but it is a scandal nonetheless. And we were covering, the three of us, the back-to-back Oireachtas Committee meetings today. It was billed as a late, late showdown. And joining me to discuss, news correspondent Zara King. Hello. Political correspondent Gavin Riley. Hey there, Richard. How are we, guys? I cancelled a dentist appointment for this today. I can't get a new one until January. That's how serious this was. This is serious business. Uh, I did not cancel a dentist appointment, but I, I'm utterly exhausted now into the seventh hour of hearings, hearing a lot of the same questions be put over and over again from politicians who were not party to the first six hours of the hearings. But them the breaks, I suppose. Let, let's start at the very beginning. So before this actually even kicked off in public session at 11 a.m., we got the opening statements and the documents from Ryan Tuberty and his agent, Noel Kelly. And there was some explosive stuff in that. But before we even kicked off, we had a rebuttal in from RTE. Gavin... It was pretty explosive stuff before we'd even anybody even opened their gobs to start the committee. Yeah, you don't usually get that level of uh, news being generated by a committee before the ball has been thrown in, uh, if you like. So uh, last week, uh, when she was attending the media committee, uh, RTE's former chief financial officer, Breda O'Keefe, um, who left the job in March of 2020, just at a time, obviously, when everything was beginning to go uh, belly up virus wise. Uh, but at the time she left, she said it was her understanding that there was a desire on the part of Ryan Tuberty's agent, Noel Kelly, to have RTE underwrite this proposed side deal with Renault for 75,000 euro a year. And her position was that RTE weren't going to do that and had no interest in doing that. And certainly her implication was that at some point after she had left, only then was there some apparent you know, breach of the dam on RTE's side and that they would actually underwrite this. Um, this appears to have been pretty comprehensively uh, demolished by Noel uh, Kelly today because not alone does he dispute that, he's brought receipts. Uh, he has shown an example of a draft contract that was compiled for Ryan Tuberty in December of 2019, three months earlier, in which RTE were proposing to include as a base ingredient the idea of there being 75k a year in commercial income, uh, but also in correspondence exchanged with Breda O'Keefe in February of 2020, uh, there is an apparent desire on her part to get the contract nailed down ASAP, and she says we are prepared to underwrite and to guarantee the 75,000 euro in commercial income. And th- that might sound a little bit technical, but it does get to the heart of everything, because if, we're, if the real origin of this story is why were RTE on the hook, for 75 grand of a commercial deal that really shouldn't have involved them at all. Well, the answer was seemingly that RTE had no desire to do it, but now we'd find out that RTE from square one almost were, were involved in the very genesis of making sure that this happened. And RTE, I should say, for their part, saying that they dispute this, they said this was only negotiations at this point. So therefore, we're automatically into contract or into conflict. If Ryan Tuberty wants to end up back on the radio, Zara King, RT not exactly mm. happy with how he's conducted himself and how his agent has conducted themselves in the in the in the in, in, throughout the process of this you know seven hours plus of committee meetings. 
I thought it was interesting after the pack this morning, like this morning Ryan Tuberty was definitely quite confident that he was going back to the radio job. He was like, you know, absolutely, I want to go back to work. You know, I love my job. I love the people I work with. And in fairness, he was very complimentary about his colleagues. He said, I understand that untruths have upset people. They've upset my colleagues, but I have nothing but respect for the decent, uh, hardworking people of RT, especially those that I work with on the radio show. So there was a huge confidence this morning. I'm not sure what happened during the hour long break that sort of shook that confidence to some degree, but he did come back and say, I might be out of a job by Friday which I thought was a, a totally different comment compared to the mm. way he had been feeling that morning now Kevin Backhurst has been speaking on radio this evening he has said look he won't be out of a job by the end of this week but the decision has uh, yet to be made and he's saying it won't be till the end of the month before we actually know if Ryan Tuberty is going uh, back to Donnybrook Richard just like bigger picture stuff just for a second I suppose what was your read of it was it a tale of two committees or did you think there was a kind of a consistent tone across the both of them what was your overall read of it I think you're right in that there was a big difference between Ryan Tuberty of Committee 1, i.e. the PAC, and Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly in the Media Committee, although it was more noticeable in Ryan Tuberty. I think he was a lot more worn out. I think even as towards it came towards the end of the PAC, you could start to see him drooping a little bit. He was becoming a little bit shaggier in terms of the length of his answers. He was kind of getting a little bit more antsier. I think no more, no more evident than when Peter Fitzpatrick, the independent TD, was... I mean, the the questions weren't exactly to the point of the deal and the contract, but they were, they absolutely unsettled him. Ryan Tuberty came into the PAC and he was saying that, you know, he'd met everybody, all the people of Ireland who'd come out and shook his hand and sent him a foot tall pile of posts and cards and, you know, the, his relationship with the children of Ireland, he put, he put it for being the toy show man, all that sort of stuff. Peter Fitzpatrick said to him, it's like, you, you definitely wouldn't get that in, in County Loud anyway. Um, I think Ryan Tuberty looked like an anxious man in the second uh, committee, uh, at the media committee. I think that he looked definitely a lot less confident, as you say. Um, I think that he understands now, if he didn't understand before, if he thought that he could explain everything away, I think he understands now that his career is in jeopardy. And I don't know if, we'll, we'll come to it at the end, whether or not we think you know enough was done here to sort of reconcile the situation but I felt that the bad blood was very evident there and I think that Ryan Tuberty definitely wore down in tiredness as things progressed Gav. Yeah I, I definitely thought that was a, a crucial part of it and we were even on saying in our own um, group chat how the demeanour seemed to slip a little bit at that moment and you know when I started by saying I was a little exhausted at seeing the same questions being put over and over again and getting the same answers back over and over again like it might sound superficial but oftentimes when somebody is in the middle of a big controversy and they get hauled in front of a, a doll committee or if they're in the doll chamber themselves and they have to take questions the way you get out of it is by just laying out your story and sticking to it and even if people think your story is slightly implausible this line about you know how Noel Kelly settled the invoices and whether he knew exactly the agency he was talking to uh, and we might get into that at least he was sticking to the story but on the other side when you're Brian Tuberty and you're not used to having to deal with the same question being put over and over again the second hour the third hour the fourth hour the fifth hour it was really telling when Peter Fitzpatrick you know launched into his pre-scripted questions of you know why were you overpaid when you were overpaid why didn't you give the money back and Ryan Tuberty's account of course is not that he was overpaid rather that he got exactly what he was contractually entitled to but RTE underdeclared the salary and he says that's their problem not mine but when you're asked the same question again, I just thought that when Peter Fitzpatrick was asking the question, his decorum or his kind of steeliness definitely seemed to melt away a little bit. And you could get the sense that Ryan Tuberty was visibly irked by the fact that no matter how many times he tries to clarify that he doesn't think he did anything wrong, 
there will be this perception among some that he was overpaid and in the fog of war people will think that he got money he wasn't entitled to and he's going to hang on to it. And I think that's really telling because when it comes to whether Ryan Tuberty does have a future in broadcasting after this, it's that kind of perception, justified or not, that he's going to be battling against. What do you think, Zara? I mean, this was billed. People across the, sorry, people across the country had been talking about this for days, if not weeks now, when Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly would actually appear and that take questions about this and account for everything that's gone on. Do you think it lived up to the box office sort of status? I do think that a lot of people seem to have watched it at their desk at work or wherever they were. I don't know if there was the same. I know Owen Kelly, our colleague, got sent down to get shots of a pub in town where there was meant to be a big yes. party. I don't know what there is. I'm not. I'm going to be front, upfront about that. I don't think there was the shots there in the end. I don't know if there was as many people. Certainly, he was only there for the first 40 minutes, to be fair. So I don't know what happened as the day went on. Perhaps session two was more attended, but... Was it the packed pubs? Kind of, I don't think it was, to be honest. But I, I do think a lot of people had it on in the background at their desk at work today, whether they're working from home or in an office. Because so many people, I call like my friends outside of the bubble. <laughs> so many of my friends outside the bubble are really interested in this story and are really following it. Um, what did you make of, and I wanted to get onto this, about the documents being late. That was really something that irked the committee this morning, yeah. wasn't it? The late arrival of the documents. And there was even a question asked about whether they had been given uh, some kind of advice from, you know, communications experts to send those documents in late. What did you make of that, Richard? Yeah, I, I, I thought this was very interesting. And I think that it is a worthy question. So... As we were saying, 8.30 is basically when the documents arrived. The committee, the PAC, started a meeting at 10.30 in private session before the lads appeared before them at 11 o'clock. For a 32-page document, a lot of legalese in those documents as well. It's not good enough. It isn't good enough. And I, I, there was apologetic sort of hand wringing and saying, oh, I should have, you know, we, we did our best. We were burning the midnight oil. These guys had weeks to provide these documents. A lot of these documents, which they also said, oh, we flagged this up with RT to say that we had this. Like even the one that they were saying was the crucial document, the crucial email from Breedo O'Keefe, the former CFO. They said that they flagged that up with RT weeks ago. And yet they were preparing this document, this list of documents until the very last minute. I don't entirely buy that. And I don't think a lot of people on the committee bought that as a justification or an answer as to why they were so late. There was a suggestion now, and I don't, I don't want to, I, I, Gav, I'll come on, 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 to, on to you for this. But like, I don't want to attribute any sort of, you know, intentional wrongdoing here. But the question was put that did Ryan Tuberty and his uh, agent employ a crisis communications team? And did they advise Ryan Tuberty and his agent to provide these documents late in the day so that they could basically become the story. The story became the documents early on. Uh, yeah, it, it's very possible. Um, I did think it was uh, slightly tongue-in-cheek of politicians to ask somebody else if they had a team of communications advisors and spin doctors, because God forbid that a politician would ever have any of them themselves. Um, but it is a, a question which did legitimately come up, because as you rightly say, when Ryan Tuberty and his agent Noel Kelly approached the Oireachtas committees literally a week ago saying, we have information that will be of benefit to this, they were clearly you know, inviting people to come looking at their documents. And the idea that they were basically indicating that they sent the documents in yesterday, which is, by the way, the standard practice at Oireachtas committees, so that members have a chance to do their homework the night before and figure out what question they might want to do. Not alone were they stunted in trying to figure out what questions they'd like to raise, but also it did mean that the dominant narrative of the morning um, was, was what was contained in the document rather than any holes that might be pointed out, which then only began to, to gain currency, I think, as the day went on. Zara, on Noel Just Kelly... Really 
Sorry, just on, on I, was just to, I literally was about to say that exact same thing. Go Noel ahead. Kelly? Are we going to Noel Kelly? Let's yeah. talk about Noel Kelly. We're Noel Kelly, Noel Kelly. Let's talk about has Noel been Kelly. pointed out to you and, and to everybody else. Everybody's read about Noel Kelly over the last couple of weeks. He is the agent's agent uh, in Ireland. He is a mega influence on how the media industry works in this country. And I think that RT staff have basically pointed to, to, to the relationship with RT as being something that's unhealthy. Kevin Backhurst did it yesterday as well. What do you think of how Noel Kelly acquitted himself here? Is it good enough to answer TDs and senators and say, I was just doing what RT told me? Okay, so let's just get a bit of context on Noel Kelly because we did learn a little bit more about him today at the committee. For a lot of people, and I feel a bit sorry for Noel Kelly because they continue to use this picture of Noel Kelly in that pinstripe suit and the jeans. (laughs) I feel like it just totally uh, is a repeat photograph that in fairness to Noel Kelly is an old one from the archives. Um, Good photo, I like it. a pinstripe wearing suit, man. I mean, I think it's a great photo. I did own a pinstripe jacket myself, which I hesitated to wear last week in case it was very Noel Kelly, but here we are. He's bringing back the pinstripe, Um, I jest. But listen, we did learn a little bit more about Noel Kelly today. He says that he doesn't have a close or didn't have a close personal relationship with Dee Forbes, the former director general. He kept repeating throughout the day, I've never had a cup of tea with the woman. It's something that he said he meets these people with their solicitors, with their accountants, that it's always in a very formal setting, that it's always in the, I think he used the word towers at Orti. I don't know, is there a tower at Orti? I don't think, I don't know if I'm aware the of it. Broadcast tower, the big area. It's not like the Warner Brothers lot. There isn't well, a tower. Yeah, but he's not meeting at the top of the broadcast tower. But I, So like he King was asked Kong. today as well about his background. <laughs> he was asked about his background and sort of where his career had come from. He spoke about the fact that he came from a working class uh, background and he managed to work his way up and achieve a lot in his life. Um, he said that he used to work for Cadbury's and he was asked, what did you sell for Cadbury's? Which was quite funny. Obviously the answer was chocolate. Um, but in terms of the questioning, it was about... What is it that gives you the edge on, on you know, other agents when it comes to negotiations? And, and is, it, is there something special about you, basically, that, that you're doing these really good deals and you're getting all these, you know, high prices for your talent? He admitted himself that he represents three out of the top ten at RTE. And he said that it wasn't about him, that it was about his talent. He pointed to the fact that Ryan Tuberty had brought in 100 million euro over six years for RTE and that he believed that that's what it was. Um, did he make a good account of himself? Um, I definitely think there were moments where he was very succinct in his response. I think that uh, the thing I would say about Noel Kelly is that it's very clear that he has uh, messages that he wants to get across and he is uh, ticking those boxes every step of the way, you know, and I think that's probably pretty clear. Richard, what did you make of it? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Gavin for his take on this as well, but I just do think that saying uh, it was RT who instructed me and also the fact that he repeated the line, that you, as you mentioned, he kept on saying, I've never had, even had a cup of tea with this person. That felt like a little bit mm. of a rehearsed line. So did, mm. I've, I never, or everything I've done was under the instruction of RTE. Uh, like saying the same sentence in the exact same way strikes me and there's no there's no harm in it doing a prep work for a committee of this size and saying the same thing in the exact same way or having the same answers ready to go uh, or i'm just a small little company uh smacks to me of a little bit of preparation work going in gavin what do you think yeah, I, I thought that definitely. And I thought that the way in which he was clinging to his specific answers that he had kind of clearly workshopped in advance with that crisis communications team. Uh, but of course, the big one of the day was, you know, why did you think that you were being paid ultimately by Renault when it was RTE that was secretly settling these bills for year two and three? And the answer that he gave, I mean, like I said earlier, often the way you get out of these things is offering your account and sticking to it, whether it's plausible or not. But I think a lot of people will just hand on heart find it really implausible that if he was being paid uh, by Renault for Ryan Tuberty's time for year one, that he'd be paid, you know, by, by RTE in a traditional way and it would all be, you know, very routine. And then for years two and three, that RTE would tell him 
to use a paper company in Britain to invoice another company in Britain that he'd never had any dealings with and that's how it was all going to be done and that the invoices were supposed to say consultancy fees and he was instructed not to mention Ryan Tuberty's name on those invoices and that he didn't seek to inquire why are you treating it like this and is everything about this above board or is it even his duty to care? I found that to be a little untenable. I was going to say it's probably hard to quantify that though, is it? Because it's hard to know. And I mean, even though Kelly himself said in the committee today, of course, people will argue that someone else could have presented those big hit, hit hard hitting shows. Um, that, you know, it is actually kind of difficult to quantify whether it's the individual or whether it's the success of a show. And also it comes back to that question that's come up many times over what is nearly three weeks now is, is any one person bigger than the brand that is Orti itself, bigger than the state broadcaster itself? And that's a question that obviously... Um, it remains to be answered. Just in relation to, I suppose, the personal impact it had on Ryan Tuberty, we did get an insight into that today as well. Uh, he spoke about the fact that he's been in, quote, a terrible state. He said that he's had a difficult time leaving the house. Uh, he did say when he does leave the house, he is getting uh, support from people publicly. He says people put their hand on, on his shoulder and they uh, comfort him and, and they wish him well and they shake his hand. But ultimately, he said it had been a very difficult couple of weeks. He also used the word cancelled. He said something like, mm, I don't know if you know what it is to be cancelled, but I wouldn't. Yeah, now, I have to say, I don't think Ryan Tuberty's been cancelled, do you? I mean, I'm not sure what the word, what's the definition of cancelled. It's difficult <sighs> no, to read I it. So. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have said he was cancelled at all. I thought that, that yeah. My read of it. I thought this was a bit of a strange one. Like, he he, he did hit the word cancelled a few times and he's like, look, you, I don't know if any of you guys ever been cancelled, but you don't want to be there. But like, if he's also saying that the people of Ireland are stopping in the streets and sending, uh, you know, towers of postcards saying, well done, Ryan, come back soon. That's not anyone's definition of cancelling. So I don't really understand that. I think that's been something I think which which came out throughout the day is that there was an element of feeling sorry for oneself. And, it, and you probably would if you were in the situation that Ryan Tuberty found himself in. But there are questions which do remain unanswered and not properly answered, I would say, particularly around, you know, the invoices. The invoices for these Renault events were labelled as consultancy fees. No consultancy was provided. The answers provided by Noel Kelly were, I was just doing as instructed. He did, he completely flat out denied and disagreed with any assessment from multiple TDs and senators that this was fraudulent in any way or that there was a collusion here to uh, basically um, obscure what really was you know, the true event of this or what these payments were going for. So I do think that there is a lot of, from what the explanations provided by Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty, and I do believe that they came in and the fact that they even continually pointed to emails saying this is the most explosive document you'll see today, that they tried to set a narrative and I do think that slowly, slowly, slowly it was picked apart. Whether or not it's enough to actually you know, get these two, get Ryan Tuberty back on air on RT radio, or it's enough to save Noel Kelly in terms of his position as the leading agent for quote unquote talent in this country remains to be seen. But I do think that, you know, as things wore on, things did wear down from the presentation that Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty would have wanted to put out there. Well, I think this then gets to a very crucial question is whether you think that there is much more legs in this? Because obviously, as, as you mentioned now, there's this open contradiction between Noel Kelly's uh, account of things and the one that was given by Breda O'Keefe last week. Or to are due to be back in at the PAC this coming Thursday. I imagine now that becomes dominated by the clash in narratives between the two. But at that point, we're getting into week four of all of this. And there's still two Oireachtas committees looking at it. There's the forensic accountant that's been sent in by the government. After that's done, there'll be the uh, two outside expert advisory groups. There's a Grant Thornton uh, report into Ryan Tuberty's pay. There's a Grant Thornton report into the way in which the musical uh, was run or, or not run. Um, there's a bit of me that wonders how much more legs there is in this or whether 
after today, if you're getting into the nitty gritty of who knew what about invoices, I don't know whether it still carries the same level of public prominence as it has till now. What do you guys think? Zara, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I don't, I don't know. I feel like at this point, right, in terms of where they go from here and, and even just with Ryan Turbody in general, right, you know, he's talking about the idea of if he goes back on air that he wants his contract to be published going forward and that everything will be totally transparent, that the contract will be, you know, visible for everyone to see and he's happy to offer that. Um, I mean, that may be enough for the public. And actually, I will say, because I did put a question box up today on Instagram and there were a lot of replies. And I would say there is a lot of public support there for Ryan Tuberty. And that is that is obvious from the responses we got. Um, but just, Richard, I wanted to touch on with you really quickly, just obviously both of us were in Orte yesterday and it's very rare that we would be at a press conference together. That almost kind of never happens. But Good times, I would say, yeah. There were two, crew, two mm. crews two crews sent down. But um, I don't know, was it you actually asked Kevin Backers about this? I think you put it to him that Kevin, that um, that apparently Ryan Trouble was going to the UK looking for work, that there was talk of him going to the UK. Mm. Was there going to be a, a market for, for him? And and it was trying to read Kevin Backhurst in a sense, was he worried about losing Ryan Trouble or was he, he almost sort of seemed to think, you know, I wish him well if he's looking for work in the UK was sort of the tone I got from it. And he also crucially said, Kevin Backhurst yesterday, that he was willing to lose talent to save money going forward. And that is something we've not seen from RT before, apart from obviously when Pat Kenny left. He left at a time which was close to retirement age, yeah. you could argue, but... Other than that, uh, Orti has never really been willing to lose talent, whereas Kevin Backhurst is now saying, and he's very clear, he wants to save money. And if that means losing talent, it's a risk he's willing to take. Yeah, I think that was very clear. I don't think he even minced his words at all, did Kevin Backhurst, about the Ryan Tuberty situation. So he said that of today's committee meetings, he wants to see Ryan Tuberty be as transparent as possible. Noel Kelly be as transparent as possible. I don't think he'll have been that impressed by the transparency, particularly around the invoices and about why things were done in the way that they were done. But on Ryan Tuberty in particular, that question about, oh, he could go off to the UK or he could do something else, there definitely was. I mean, he, he pretty much straightly said, yeah, if Ryan Tuberty wants to go over to the UK, best luck to him and, and I wish him well if he does get a new job over there. But he also said that he didn't know if there would be a market in the UK for Ryan Tuberty's services, said it's a very difficult media market, that it would be quite challenging for him to go in there. Ryan Tuberty is a 50-year-old man from Ireland. He's done fill-in work before on BBC. It's very difficult for anybody to break into the UK media uh, circle at any age coming from Ireland. Coming from Ireland when you have such an established figure in Ireland, but not so much in the UK, is a difficult thing to do. Um, we are running out of time here, guys. I just want to take, just from, I've just seen from the last few minutes. Sorry, actually, you want to jump in there? Go ahead. Just, I just wanted to touch on one other point because I don't want the podcast to go by that I was mentioning just the Marty Morrissey situation as well and obviously Kevin Backer is acknowledging yesterday that he is a friend of Marty Morrissey and mm. for that reason he has recused himself from being involved in that um, and also just in relation to I know there's been a lot of conversation particularly online about other presenters in RT people who are with Noel Kelly I think it's probably worth mentioning as well there and this came up yesterday as well about how RT handles talent and there are some people within RT who will have been hired because they were a person of influence, because they were an influencer in the first instance, because they already had, you know, other clients, basically, and they brought with them an audience. And Kevin Backers is sort of saying now they're going to have to look at how that model and that structure works going forward. Yeah, um, I think Kieran Cannon uh, has said in the last few minutes uh, that, you know, we're six hours, seven hours into this and we're no further along. The whole issue of the arrangement that was put in place at RTE, the deliberate falsifying of an invoice, those questions are now left hanging in the air. And that is a sad reflection of the engagement we've had today. Noel Kelly says, I respect that, but it's a question for RTE. Kieran Cannon says, no, it's not. And I think that that is something which is I'm coming away from all of the committee meetings so far, whether they be by people involved in RTE 
Ryan Tuberty or Noel Kelly is that the fact is that so many straight questions have been answered and have gone without straight answers. There's been so much of, well, I didn't raise the question because the DG signed off on this. I didn't think there was a problem with this because the DG said or had a close personal friendship with Noel Kelly. I didn't ask this because it was RTE and who would question RTE? None of that is good enough. Uh, at the end of the day, there are some serious questions which have been answered very, very poorly by people who have huge understanding of what public accountability should be. And they have a huge understanding of the roles and responsibility and the power and the weight of their voices. And they've let, um, they've let questions go without answers that I think a lot of people, not naming names, but people across the, the multiple committee he he hearings we've had so far, they know better answers that they could provide probably more transparency and more answers than they did. Uh, well, well, this is exactly it. I mean, you mentioned what Kevin Backer said he wanted yesterday when he was on his first day as Director General. What he wanted was maximum transparency. And we're now into the end of the third week. And, and that's the big question that we just still don't have the answer to. Why was it? Whatever about uh, whether there should have been public disclosure of, of Ryan Tuberty's salary or overall earnings, why was it that ultimately when push came to shove, they used this very secretive offshore way to settle the outstanding claims? Why was so, so many people so incurious as to all of this? Or was there's some unspoken arrangement that no one has been able to get to the bottom of. And, and I, I do wonder whether we'll ever truly get to the bottom of that. It's very obvious now that everyone keeps trying to point the finger towards the absent D Forbes shaped hole in the committee room seats because she still hasn't been heard from. And we don't know when, if ever, that will happen. And I suspect that until we hear from her and maybe her sitting beside Noel Kelly and uh, Breda O'Keefe and Jim Jeffries and a whole lot of others, we might never get to the bottom of it. And I don't know what that says about the, the way in which you get accountability in this country. By the way, the bleeping behind me uh, is the Shannon division bells because there's been a vote called, which uh, just goes to prove the uh, the hot and frenzied authenticity of this podcast as I recorded here in Enster House talking to you guys this evening. Zara, there's no uh, bells. Just a note going forward. Go ahead, yeah. There's no bells where we are. I was going to say just uh, for tomorrow as well, just in relation to going back to what it means for staff and Orchie. And I think, look, again, and just to kind of anchor it around a lot of these I think people in RT are very concerned about the future they're concerned about their jobs and, and I totally get that but I also think it's fair to say that this is a watershed moment that probably the changes that are going to come potentially out of this in RT wouldn't have happened if something like this hadn't unfolded so there's an element of someone said to me today in RT like don't waste a good crisis that you know you can make changes in, in the depth of stuff like this and um, so tomorrow uh, staff at RT are holding a demonstration sort of highlighting and reminding the government of the importance of public service broadcasting um, and look we really hope Kevin Backhurst did say to me yesterday they're looking to get those working remotes for the newsroom so he didn't say when they were getting them but he said he was working on sourcing them for them anyway. Also tomorrow the Oireachtas Media Committee holds hearings on GAA Go the other big scandal of the summer that no one else can get away from. <laughs> Ryan Tuberty actually just wrapping up the committee actually and this is an interesting point to end up he says you know this has been a horrendous situation for himself and his family and I'm sure that is absolutely the case uh, it has been I'm sure very uh, it's like living under a microscope I'm sure he's also said uh, he hopes that RT will be a new world order I'd love to be part of the catharsis for that place because it is a great place uh, he says, there's a lot of talk today about talent. Sorry, I'm slipping into an impression uh, in RT. I hate being referred to as the talent. He says, it's an obscene and an outdated word. He says, the talent, this is definitely prepared. The talent in RT work in reception, security, makeup, hair, sound, camera and production. Those are the ones making the pr programmes. And I think that's the voices of staff members uh, have gone on listened to in RT for quite some time. I think, I mean, the most outstanding issue that most people are going to actually take away from this, and it may not be, you know, the big, big question about how RTE continues to operate and what changes it needs to do. A question most people are going to be asking is whether or not Ryan Tuberty's done enough uh, to, 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 to ensure his return to the airwaves in RTE. Um, we might 
focus on that. Zara, I mean, what what do you think? Do you think that there's he's done himself any favours? Do you think he's done himself more harm? What do you think? I do think that there's still a lot of public support out there for Ryan Dublin. I just think that's yeah. a fact. And I think you can see that. I think there's a lot of people who do still feel like questions need to be answered. But I think the bottom line here is that Ryan Dublin does continue to enjoy a good relationship with the Irish public. And I actually don't think he's been cancelled at all. That's not my read of it by any assessment. However, I do think that it has shone a light on uh, the large sums of money that are being paid to the top 10 earners. And it has, you know, highlighted the gap between those on the front line in the, in the News and Current Affairs division who are providing public service broadcasting and you know others and I think that the, the two separate Ortiz you know I think it's, there's a big divide there can Ryan Tuberty go back to radio I mean it's not for me to say but um, it certainly seems he wants to and, and that's clear from today I actually thought earlier that maybe he would say he didn't want to go back so I was actually I said to you this morning mm. I get the feeling maybe Tuberty's done with Orti. I said that to you this morning in the WhatsApp group and then as soon as I had it out of my mouth actually he was very clear in saying that he wants to go back the fact that he's willing to have his contract published every year publicly tells you that that is Ryan Tuberty trying to make a commitment to the Irish public and, mm. and looking to return to the seat in RT Radio 1. Also the fact that he said that he would be willing to pay back the €150,000 uh, for undone or uh, Renault events that have not actually taken place. Six, I think it was. Yeah. I think that's something which mm. could be used as an escape, basically, from this situation. If you're looking for something, a way to sort of point to how can we get Ryan Tuberty back on air? How can we end this in a way that works for everybody? maybe taking some time off, paying back that money as he said he would, that could be the thing that does it. Maybe that is the thing that do it. Might be the way it, to do it. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, because the, those events in truth are, are just strategically, they're very unlikely ever to happen because the whole shtick of those events was that it was Ryan Tuberty, the presenter of the Late Late Show, presenting a Late Late style show in a Renault showroom. That's never going to happen now while Patrick Healy is the presenter of the Late Late. So that events are, are never going to happen. And if Ryan Tuberty follows through on that pledge to pay back that money to RTE, it, it might well be uh, the straw that's able to rebuild the camel's back. Mm, yeah, I think the big the big questions around RTE though, and you know whether or not there is an undue influence or outsized influence from agents, whether or not you know RTE has lost its way in terms of the overall pooling of commercial revenue and taxpayers' license fee money, that sort of stuff is going to you know that 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 isn't addressed by whether or not Ryan Tuberty goes back on air. So Zara, you you have your hand up. Um, what what do you reckon? Oh no, sorry. I was just I was just tapping something on my screen there, oh, putting okay. away a message. Um, yeah, no, but like I, like I think, look, I suppose overall, like what I would say about today is, it was important that they came. It was important that the conversation took place. I do think there's still probably more questions to be answered, but I, we haven't seen the back of it yet. I think we've a little bit more to go. This might be our last emergency episode this summer. I'm afraid. <laughs> well, it has been a day of it, everybody. And Zara, Gavin, thank you so much for jumping on this podcast. We have the 7 o'clock news button Thanks, to do guys. now. So let's run and do that very quickly. Right. And we hope the podcast <laughs> will be in your feeds very shortly. But thank you so much. To if we're all out of breath on the news, you'll understand why. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for asking for the emergency podcast. Thank you for all of your support. We'll be back again soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.